Hello and welcome to Halfway History. I am your host, Jack Barabow, and welcome to my first episode. This is an intro and we'll also dive into a topic. So I would just like to begin by mentioning what this podcast is, why I'm starting it, and how it's structured. So I'm starting this podcast simply just to teach history. I'm passionate about history. I think it needs to be learned more, and unfortunately, history tends to be forgotten. I also find most media on history quite boring. At least I can see it from the point of view of someone who doesn't consume history media about as much as your average history buff. The thing that really tends to seal it for me is a lot of it is just facts. A lot of it is just facts. And unfortunately, that's how it is. It's It doesn't have to be. I, I can try my best to portray it in a way where it isn't like that. So you could say, like, well, Franz Ferdinand was assassinated in 1914. Well, yes, he was. But why? Like, how does this help me? Like, how does this, like, elaborate, put emotion behind it, which I think we lose is we don't put emotion behind history, which makes us tend to look back and see it as only just a specter of our past instead of being, like, in a living embodiment of what has happened beforehand. Because we tend to forget that people um, people live through this. People like us, like you and me, the only difference is the time period. I think... Like, there's, you're going to hear a lot of ums, you're going to hear a lot of uhs, and it's going to get better over time, but that's because it's unedited, maybe a few things. There's just a long pause where I'm thinking, I'm going to, of course, cut that out. If I say something that is just blatantly untrue, which tends to happen, we're only human, then that's going to get cut out. But the ums, the uh, the, well, let me, give me a minute. It's going to add emphasis to what I'm saying. It's going to add... I think extra thought and it just adds a human aspect to it. Um, the name, uh, and that's that's basically why. I, if you see any of that, moving on to the name halfway history. Why halfway history? Why not history with Jack? Well, I think most media outside, uh, when it comes to history, is either for very complex history buffs like myself and people who want to learn history like dedicate themselves to it and the other half is very overly simplified and made for the masses and i think that i think we're smarter than that i think we can take in history at a higher level than we are right now Uh, i just don't think there's anything out there that's really good enough to do that that's why i'm putting my hat in the ring and just making a podcast podcasts are getting popular more people are listening to podcasts as we're moving forward i think this is just a group Sorry, I bumped my mic there. I think this is a great way to express this new way of looking through history in kind of this modern age. So, if we're going to look at the structure of each episode, we're moving on real quick. Yeah, I know. We're going to start with uh, basic history. So, today's Mesopotamia. So, we're going to talk about uh, just the basic history of Mesopotamia. Uh, its legacy, like, you know, how, what, what is Mesopotamia really? 
And then I'm just going to give some thoughts on Mesopotamia, you know, thoughts on the time, the period, the people, how things are and were. I also will be giving some source recommendations if you want to learn more. This is just very basic stuff. Uh, not all episode will have it. I do not have one right now for the Mesopotamian episode. I apologize. Uh, if I find something, I will definitely add it in at the end. But as of right now, I do not. So, I mean, that's pretty clear. I think it's pretty obvious what I plan on doing here. I think we should just jump right into Mesopotamia. So, Mesopotamia in and of itself is the beginning of civilization. You, you, We have this beginning, so I'm just going to give a little prelude to Mesopotamia. Or you, you see beginning of early human interaction, especially with other people. You see communities form, and these are usually just hunter-gatherer communities, uh, foragers, and the works. These could be considered proto-civilizations. They are basic communities, which, if we look at it in and of itself, a civilization is just a community that shares a culture. And your friend, like, if you think about it with your group of friends, your group of chumps, your group of mates, you have your own distinct culture with those people. And the thing that's what civilization really starts to emphasize over these smaller communities even though you could argue the smaller communities do so the most important invention ever the most important thing to come out of early history and probably ever is farming so farming basically is a game changer it every historian will tell you farming's where it's at like that's that's the play. Starts uh, civilizations. It starts the beginning of what is considered the epitome, the pinnacle of uh, what humans could have achieved at that time. And is not only just something little blip like you see the invention of the gun you see the invention of the car these are very important to our lives today yes but not quite to farming because farming forms civilization with civilization comes incredibly crazy things so the idea of like if we look at like this so how how a uh, old community used to work out neolithic community um, before the neolithic revolution revolution which was farming Communities were mainly the majority of the population. All abled bodies of said community or quote-unquote civilization would hunt, get what they need to survive, call it a day. But when you start farming, you you don't need everyone doesn't need to farm. You can feed a bunch of people, and then people start to specialize. Which is, in the case of Mesopotamia, this is what happened. People would start to specialize. So, well. I, I don't need to farm. Joe's farming for me. I'm just going to make pots. Well, I don't need pots. I'll make metal things for Joe. And the cycle continues. The, the exchange of goods and services is never really brought up. Of course, it's in a micro level. The idea of, hey, I'm like really hungry. How about this? I'll do this for this. Yeah, okay, deal. But then that evolves. That it goes from, well... 
I'm really hungry, so how would I do this? Oh, yeah, then give me this, and then I'll give you that, which you can use to get that. And that's kind of the beginning of the idea of currency and the beginning of trading and the actual beginning of economies. So things like this start to develop, and they become a more complex system the more we go on. Because the, the idea of human history and the idea of civilization, the main goal is to progress. That's always what it's been. But the special part about Mesopotamia is it not only progresses in a special, like, its own way, like, everyone has their own little thing, their own little special way that they progress as a civilization. Mesopotamia is different in the way that it is literally the beginning of every civilization and shows the beginning of every civilization. Uh, like an example that I brought up, the economy, how it began with just bartering, and now we just... There wasn't really a currency of Mesopotamia. Um, I might be wrong, but there definitely was no defined currency, as far as I'm aware. And even then, even if there was a defined currency, it wasn't for anything serious. It was just, you know, I have some money, I'm going to give it to you for food, and then you can use that to buy other stuff. Pretty basic things. But you look at the evolution, the idea of progress through other civilizations, and you get to things today, such as a stock market, or, um, like owning other things for leisure and for pleasure besides survival and this kind of just it's one of the things that grow throughout civilization um other notable things that uh mesopotamia is known for is the establishment of written language oh my god i don't think i can stress i'm going to be saying this a lot a lot of things are important but one thing for studying history for understanding information and for understanding other people the establishment of language and writing is the most important thing of all time we could we could survive on civilization without writing but for understanding other people and understanding how things work the mesopotamians came up with writing writing not only helped us with the studying of civilizations and the studying of um like people before us but the uh, like the advancement of technology you don't just put together an Ikea sh like you don't go to Ikea buy a shelf and just put it together if you do good for you but you really don't you have to read the instructions that's writing right there and that's super important and that creates civilization as we know it today I will mention there was a video essay that I saw on YouTube mentioning that maybe farming isn't a good idea because we weren't built this way. But I forgot its title, and I'll link it if I find it. So, the idea that we are coming more complex of animals is extremely just... Mesopotamia is just a perfect example of that because you see the beginning of just, you know, beginning cultures all the way to being kind of this mythological uh, civilization. Not in the way that it didn't happen or it's just mythological around it. There's just the legacy left behind is something else. Uh, Mesopotamia isn't a single country. It's a region and mainly made up of city-states such as 
Ur, Uruk, more famously Babylon, uh, Arasid, and other cities that are notable, but not very serious. I mean, you could count Elam as one of them, but I'd say that's in Iran and wouldn't really count it as Mesopotamia. Although it definitely did coerce with Mesopotamian cities. Uh, the main bulk of Mesopotamian history is within the Bronze Age. The Bronze Age is really something else. Because you see, you beginning with the Neolithic Revolution, you know, he's farming. And then the Copper Age, well, you know, starting to use metal. Metal is pretty important. Then to the Iron Age. Uh, Iron Age, sorry, Iron Age. So Copper Age, then Bronze Age. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm, I apologize. The Bronze Age is really when we think of ancient history and we think of ancient civilizations that's what we think of we think of egypt the hittites assyrians um and mesopotamia and even some of the greeks these are even before the ancient greeks that we know and love like the spartans and the athenians going back to the greeks kind of mentioning how their city states we need to we need to recognize that just like Greece, these areas were very, um, they had the same culture, the culture of Sumer, uh, or Sumerian, which is kind of like Greece, as there's own mini cultures between Sparta, Athens, Thebes, Corinth, Macedonia, yes, but they all have the same culture of Greek and the same his like the same culture of uh, Hellenistic and the, that that of its religion too. Same thing happens in Mesopotamia, and you really start to see with the formation of these cities, the formation of a common culture, the formation of a common religion. And although the Mesopotamian religion is polytheistic and very complex. It produces some of the most important works and the most important ideas uh, known to man. I mean, at least known to the modern world, I should say. Uh, if there's the Epic of Gilgamesh, uh, which has a notable event, the Great Flood, which is also in the book of Genesis of the Christian Bible, uh, there is evidence of such a flood, which is quite, doesn't surprise me, as people weren't really moving around. They stayed in one area. Mesopotamia was the known world, because if we look at known world, we're talking about written right now. Written, at least written world. And Mesopotamia is really the only place that exists. Maybe you could talk about the far, far, far foreign barbarians of Elam, but... Even then, they're relatively close. The floods of the sporadic and fairly unpredictable Tigris and Euphrates is nothing more than nothing more than perfect evidence for the idea of a great flood that wiped out people. Did it wipe out the entire population of the world? No. But there is evidence that it took out cities, and there's no reason some people couldn't spread the truth a bit to make some pretty nice tales. Another thing that Mesopotamia gives us is, especially in the uh, early Bronze Age, if not the Copper Age, uh, was Hammurabi, who came from Babylon 
and began with Hammur came up with Hammurabi's code, which is our first written law system. And this is really really important as it not only sets up what is beginning, what has begun of civilization, but it creates an order and a structure which is definitely needed in every successful civilization. Also notable uh, achievements of the Mesopotamians, just not limited to, including but not limited to, chariots, the advancement of weapons, the advancement of a modern army, the advancement of a modern military structure, the advancement of uh, a dynastic order, or dynastic um, like kingdom, if you will, although you could order argue that some tribes were like that it really wasn't a thing until mesopotamia organized religion organized written language and the wheel now that we've gone over some of the notable things or notable uh notable what would you call it uh legacies sorry of mesopotamia let's go over some of their history uh, you, you begin, really, I could argue, in the Copper Age. The Copper Age really saw the beginning of what we know as Mesopotamia with the city-states. Um, and throughout Mesopotamian history, some certain city-states were the more prominent. Not saying that they controlled, if you refer to as, especially in the Copper Age, the city of Ur was the city of Mesopotamia. It doesn't mean it controlled everyone else. It just means it had the highest walls and it was the highest, like, center of power. Like I said, Ur being one of the main cities of the Copper Age that really controlled um, the Sumer culture and the Sumer people was kind of monopolized on most people. And although not having direct control, was very, very influential in other city-states. Not only, but... Not only uh, Ur, but uh, Uruk, who would later go on to... Uruk, actually, in Arabian... Or, sorry, not Arabian. Arabic is Iraq. So that's where we see uh, the the legacy of Mesopotamia even more, is Uruk in Arabic. Wow, Arabic is Iraq. Uh... Some more notable cities to rise up but not quite hold the status of, you will, champion of Mesopotamia being Urdu, Uruk, Ur, Kish, Nuzi, Lagish, Nippur, Nergishu, and you could argue um, Susa, which is in Elam, but I, I don't know. I wouldn't say so. I mean, this is... This is where we really start to see, like I mentioned earlier, the dynastic kingships, because priests usually ruled everything. And this is this is also where we see the beginning of the split between a church and state being foes. Because you look at something like the Papal States in history, um, the Caliphate, uh, even the Vatican City today, theologies, um, the church is the state. And... That's how early Mesopotamia was, with priests mainly controlling the entire, um, the entire civilization. 
But kings come along and start to disrupt that power, saying, well, no, you guys already have enough power with the gods. We need to rule the people. And that kind of begins the struggle between the church, uh, not just the Christian church, but any church and independent rulers. Of course, not every religion does this, but it's pretty consistent throughout human history. Um, other than that, notable things such as the wheel sprouted up and, I mean, it was pretty much the beginning of what we know as Mesopotamia. The early Bronze Age uh, was mainly just more development within Mesopotamia, such as political, uh, political stability and economic uh, foundations and reform. Uh, which just basically made it rather stable. And around this time, you see the, I'd argue, and most historians would argue, the very first empire in human history, that being of the Akkadian Empire, which was a sub-branch of the Sumerian culture. And because they were so spread out, it kind of started to form its own thing. So with rapid growth, they... Uh, conquered Mari, Akkad, uh, Ur, Uruk, and other such cities. And their true extent isn't known, but the fact that they controlled not only uh, Akkadian lands, but Sumerian lands leads to the idea that they were the first empire in human history, um, with some notable events being the creation of chariots and some of uh, the first kind of serious power plays, if you will, political intrigue among other nations. And, I mean, the Bronze Age, like I said earlier, the Bronze Age is the Mesopotamian period. Because as the Bronze Age, com like, as the Bronze Age continues, outside powers such as the Assyrian kingdoms and the Assyrian empires, um start to interfere with the Akkadian Empire, and generally it led to its collapse. Uh, from there, the rising up of the Babylonian dynasty and the famous, uh, I should say, infamous city of Babylon uh, started to take root. And as they kind of spread their power and established a foothold within Mesopotamia, they became the power of Mesopotamia, bringing this balance of power back into the uh, hands of a Sumer Sumerian, sorry, Sumerian cultured um, city-state. This is also where you see the beginning of Hammurabi and his uh, Hammur Hammurabi's code. He reigned for forty-three years, and he was considered. I'd 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 actually consider him one of the best early rulers of just any civilization really as of course there were earlier if you will quote-unquote laws like no killing no stealing things that have moral moral significance to them but Hammurabi took it another level um if I rem if I remember correctly uh it's if you're building uh if you're building a house and if you're so if you're building a house, you complete it and the house collapse and kill the person inside, you have to be executed. Hammurabi's codes also laid the groundwork for some of the most, 
um, if you will, uh, infamous or, I could argue, controversial idea of eye for an eye, which was literal. If you uh, assaulted a man, if you assaulted your equal and you broke his bone, your bones would be broken in return. So if I was assaulted by another man or if you were assaulted by another man or woman and you got your left arm broken, they would break his left arm, his or her left arm as well. It also kind of established uh, the beginnings of a minimum wage, which honestly didn't do a whole lot for uh, uh, Sumerian society, or more specifically Babylonian, but it is pretty noticeable to look at as we do have a minimum wage uh, today. And with that... Babylon becomes the city of, if you look at in the 1400s, uh, 15, not 1500s, but like 1400s, 1300s, the Middle Ages, the Dark Ages, you could uh, say, Constantinople becomes the world of the city's desire. The same thing with Babylon. Babylon becomes the place. Like, you're going to go anywhere? Babylon, that's the play. But... That leads to problems because when you have the nicest city or the nicest anything, people want in. Like, think about it. You're sitting in class, okay? You're sitting in class. You're sitting at work or something. You pull out a pack of gum. Everyone's like, oh, hey, can I have a piece? No. Well, no, because it's mine. It doesn't work like that in human history. They're going to have the gum no matter what it takes. So you see a lot of rating from... Uh, some of the Neo-Assyrians, or what's left from them, and more importantly, the uh, Hittites, who um, later sacked and uh, looted Babylon, which is uh, quite, uh, quite, quite serious. If your city gets sacked and looted, not, 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 uh, not one you want for the playbooks for sure. Uh, the late Bronze Age was pretty much more, hey, let's go get Babylon. It's a pretty nice place. Uh, I mean, just the shift of power, the expansion of culture, like the end of the end of the Bronze Age is something else. And it is a topic for another time. Like it's not just one episode, but a whole series. It is complex. It is mysterious. And God damn it, I love it. But not for today. Uh, some notable things I can tell you about the end or the late Bronze Age is it really started to begin the end of Mesopotamia being a serious power. As Elamanites started beginning more, uh, much more strong, the Assyrians started to gain power, the Hittites had power. It became... It became a the old, if you will, the Ottomans became the sick man of Europe. It became the the, the old the old country. This is the the old the old man of the of the known world. Like just just leave him, let him be, let him be. With uh, the Iron Age, you see kind of this rebirth of Babylonian culture, um, but not quite the exact same Sumerian because Sumerian culture kind of in the Bronze Age, fell off to Babylonian culture. And then Babylonian culture became the dominant power of 
uh, culture of um, Mesopotamia, which, to be fair, was a branch of Sumerian culture. Even with the rebirth, it was it just drifted farther apart from the original Sumerian culture. Uh, but the destruction of Mesopotamia at the late Bronze Age, like I mentioned, the end was catastrophic, and it, it really shifted. Um, it really shifted around the known world. But like a, the, the the rebirth of the uh, Babylonian culture was mainly started in the Neo-Babylonian Empire, kind of the rebirth of that empire, starting by with a famous king, King Nebuchadnezzar II, who really, really was into the whole idea of Babylon can be cool again. He sacked Jerusalem, which is something that I hate to break it to you. We're going to be seeing quite a lot through human history. Um, as well as being responsible for reconstructing Babylon and making it a beautiful and honestly one of the greatest cities of the known world, putting it back into the place, the idea of the world of the city's desires. Although maybe it not have been the it might not have been the economic hub of the world, it was still that's that's like that's the play. That's the spot. And with with this great rebuilding, this great power gaining, there's bound to be some hiccups. And one of the biggest hiccups was the serious class distinction. Just like any other civilization before it, Babylon uh, and more specifically Mesopotamia, unfortunately come to corruption and just serious class distinction between the poor and the rich. More specifically, the kings, the nobles, and the priests. So with that, people started to really hate the Sumerian, more specifically Babylonian leaders, and thinking, oh, they're not really my people. And in comes along a little man named Cyrus the Second of Persia. This this man, he's a pretty big deal. I mean, he conquers most. He does conquer the known world uh, at the time, except Greece. He doesn't get to Greece. Greece gets him. Um, that's for another time. But he's like, what happens? It's quite an incredible story. I can't go into much detail, uh, as I don't want to spread any false information, but he presents himself in a more pure Babylonian way than the rulers did, and especially in a religious sense, and the people instantly love him and accept him. I, I shouldn't say that. That's never happened in human history. They're more willing to have him as a leader than they are anyone else, the, the current rulers, I should say. And with that, Babylon becomes just... The idea of Mesopotamia is it, it's centered in Babylon now. Babylon is the the heart, the the golden pearl of the um, Persian Empire, and it it basically becomes a big deal up until classical antiquity when uh, Mes Mesopotamia falls under Macedonian hands uh, under Alex Alexander the Great. And then after his passing, which, in fact, he died in the city of Babylon without naming an heir, which is, I have to admit, as smart as Alexander the Great is. That man was incredibly smart. 
that has to be the dumbest things I've ever heard. You'll get, I'll, I'll rant on about it in uh, my Greece episode, which will be a little bit down the line. But enough said. He unfortunately succumbs to illness. He doesn't name an heir. And Seleucid takes that area of the Macedonian Empire. And it, it, it basically gets Hellenized. The Babylonian and Persian culture is pretty much in the area, at least dead. Sumerian culture is dead. Babylonian, it's gone. And it's basically Hellenized. And from there, it stays Hellenized until around 16700 AD when... Uh, CE, I should say, when the Islamic Caliphate takes it over and uh, Islamifies, or yeah, the the region, and then from there we have modern Iraq. I mean, it's it's a long long history, but not terribly complicated. So now now we're gonna enter into our session of uh, thoughts thoughts on Mesopotamia, thoughts on what I'm the entire uh, culture. So, Mesopotamia is kind of a mixed bag for me. I adore the things that they accomplished, yet I find, I'm going to be honest, I find them rather, rather boring. They do have some really interesting moments, but it's, it is the prime example of how a civilization rises and falls. You'll see it time and time again. I, I, I don't know why, but I think get the feeling that Mesopotamia is not looked at enough. It isn't looked at like, what's going wrong with, uh, what went wrong with this nation? Well, I don't know. Let's look back to Mesopotamia. Because nine times out of ten, it happened. French Revolution? Well, yeah, some people were like, yo, I'm more like for the people than I am this other guy. Yeah, same thing happened in uh, Mesopotamia, more specifically Babylon with Cyrus the Great. Of course, I'm over, like, I'm clearly oversimplifying. I, I think Ma- Mesopotamia definitely deserves some more recognition. I just think, in some aspects, it is very, very overlooked. Uh, like, like even just the beginning of modern military. Like you look at, oh, writing, laws, like, Neolithic Revolution. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, no, believe me, believe me, it's a big, big deal. But I, th- I think the fact that military, they establish what a military is, is extremely overlooked. I think, I mean, if you want to learn more about... Uh, well, now that I found a source, I can give you a source if you want to learn more about Mesopotamia. You can read uh, Roji's uh, Ancient Iraq. It was published in 1992. It's um, the great overview of Mesopotamia, very good for the general reader. Uh, so I think if if you want to learn more, feel free. I, I, Mesopotamia is great civilization, un- misunderstood, but most importantly, it's... um. It's the center stone for who we are today and what we do today and how we act and live our lives. If you have any further suggestions that you'd like to see out of this uh, series or more specific questions about Mesopotamia, make sure you definitely ask me. I'll be willing to answer any questions to the best of my ability. 
Um, and more specifically for the show, if you want to see something happen, if you think I can improve on some things, please let me know if you think something's great. Awesome. If you think it isn't, please tell me why. Like I want to know so I can make the show better for you. Well, I've been Jack Barbo and thank you for listening to halfway history.